On today's episode, we preview the AFC and NFC Championship weekend in the NFL. We also take a look at the Deshaun Watson saga and see where he will end up, if he will end up with the Jets or not. And after that, we close out the show with some New York sports news. The Mets decided not to sign George Springer, and the Crooklyn Nets debuted their big three in a loss. All that and more right now. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that the Bonafide Scrubs podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Okay, so Noah and I live on the East Coast, and that can make it harder for us to watch some of our favorite out-of-market teams. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. Now we can watch any team, regardless of market, with no restrictions, thanks to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts your data and allows you to change location, tricking sites into thinking you're located somewhere else. You can use ExpressVPN to stream all sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, you name it. ExpressVPN works on all devices from smartphones, tablets, computers, and even smart TVs. It's incredibly easy to use. Just fire up the app, choose a location, and hit connect. To save money and watch all the games you want, just visit expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get three months free. Thanks again to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the show. You know what time it is. Yeah, you know what time it is. This man was a bona fide scrub. All right, everybody, welcome back. Episode 61 of the Bonafide Scrubs podcast. No Levine, Will Swanky, as usual. And we, after another week of football, we have the glory AFC-NFC championship games coming up this weekend. This Sunday on Fox and CBS, we have the Brooklyn Nets. They finally got their whole duo assembled. Katie, Harden, Kyrie, they played last night. And George Springer, a big signing. He chose the Blue Jays over the Mets. And, of course, Deshaun Watson, where will he go? That is the talk the last couple of weeks in the NFL. So we're going to talk about where he's going and what will happen there. So, Will, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. Finally, the culmination of the NFL season up until this point, AFC-NFC Championship weekend. You know, Of course, a lot of drama going down with that. And, yeah, you said the Brooklyn Nets duo. It's the Brooklyn Nets trio. They got toppled duo? in there. Yeah, you did. They got toppled in their first game duo, together. I said duo, but so. I named everybody. That's true. All right, let's start with football. That's mean the main chunk of this episode. So all great matchups. I think all these teams, maybe except for the Buccaneers, well, where we expected them to be in this game. I mean, the Bills are the second best team in the AFC. Chiefs are the one seed. Packers are the one seed in the NFC. Riding high with Rodgers as their potential MVP candidate. He probably will end up winning. I know the writers picked it out already, but... It's not official till the NFL Honors Awards show happens. And the Bucs, I mean, they were the five seed, I believe. They had to play two playoff games, just like the Bills. The Bills did not get a bye. So only the Chiefs and Packers got a bye this year. But I'll talk about the Buccaneers and the Packers first at 3 o'clock Fox Sunday. Are you excited for this game, Will? What are you looking to see from both these teams? Well, it's Brady versus Rodgers. You know, we touched on that in our episode on Tuesday. You know, we finally get another rematch between those two quarterbacks. And really, I mean, like you mentioned, this is kind of what we expected. It's the Packers' number one seed, the Chiefs' number one seed, Bills are our number two seed, and it's Tom Brady in, on the other team. So really yeah. not that much uh, variation from what you may have expected coming into the year. I, I mean, the Bucks were the five seed, but a lot of people coming into the season thought that they would be pretty good and definitely would be a playoff contender. So here they are yet again. Another championship game for Brady, so... We'll see how it goes for him. But 
going into Lambeau, it is going to be difficult. I mean, let's just face it. Cold games in Lambeau are, are never easy for anybody other than Aaron Rodgers, basically. So they're going to be battling the elements there. Uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, they play in the heat, in nice weather every single home game. So, yeah, it is that is going to be a factor, I think. Uh, Lambeau Field, of course, they opened it to a crowd. Buccaneers have been playing in front of a crowd all season. But, you know, we're finally getting a semblance of normal football again. Again, you know, people are there. Uh, third downs are loud. Everything is going back to the way it used to be in terms of watching sports. So that's a good sign. Certainly Brady and NFL players play in front of fans all the time. So I guess it's not too much of a difference. I think this game, it should be competitive. I mean, both these teams, they could score with each other back and forth. Uh, the defenses, there probably shouldn't be much of it in this game. Probably, uh, you know, the team with the more turnovers is just going to win just because you mean less the turnovers. offense is going to go back and forth. You said the team with more yeah, turnovers that, is going to win. Team, <laughs> that doesn't I, really I make much sense. Was the, team that, the team that forces more turnovers yeah, is that's, going to win because yes, that they're would going be to a, go back and forth with each other. That'd be a correct estimate. If I was going to pick a team that I would pick Aaron Rodgers and the number one seeded Packers to win at home. But if Tom Brady wins, I can't necessarily say I was incredibly surprised. So I will lean Packers, but it wouldn't shock me if unfortunately Tampa Bay would make the Super Bowl. It would just, they would be the first team to play at home in their Super Bowl. Like that would be pretty nuts if that happened. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't really want to see either team win here. Obviously, as a Vikings fan, don't really like the Packers, but Cameron the Bucks, if they play in their home stadium, it would be it would be pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that story is is being hidden by people. I don't think anyone's been talking about how the Buccaneers can actually host the Super Bowl if they win this game. And and you know who's behind the mastermind behind that? Tom Brady. Crazy how the team he goes to is able potentially be able to host the Super Bowl, and. I know. Add that to his resume. I like know the, the first. I know the first team to host their own Super Bowl. He predicted him. it when he went to the Buccaneers. He says that he said they were going to go. Host, he was going to host the Super Bowl the next year. Well, we'll see if the curse can can continue. I mean, this is the one chance they have. Yeah, the Vikings uh, were close got this far, and they they got blown out. So we'll see if it continues like that. The Le- Tom Brady just has the LeBron effect. I mean, the Bucks were seven and nine last year. No chance of the playoffs. Winston has thirty thirty season. And uh, that's not a good thing because that's 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns in football. This isn't baseball with 30 home runs and 30 steals. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and he takes them. They're a four-win improved team, 11 wins. And here they are, one game away from the Super Bowl. James Winston could have never won two playoff games with, with that team last year. I bet their defense has gotten a little better. I'm excited for this game. I think I, I think one of these games, well, I think one of them is going to go to overtime. And I think this probably is the better chance of the two, I'd say. Depends how healthy Mahomes is mm. or whatnot. But I think this would come down to the last possession, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks battling. It's interesting to see because the Bucks defense, I mean, they pretty much shut down the Packers or Aaron Rodgers in that, like, I think that was like week four or five. 38 to 10, the Bucks. It was in Tampa Bay. And Rodgers threw two picks. He threw a pick six, and the Bucks D just got to Rodgers a lot. They have a great pass rush. We'll see if they could do that again. But the Packers aren't scoring 10 points at Lambeau Field and the Championship game again. Well, Devonta Adams is going to get going. He played well against Ramsey last week. I think Adams is going to have minimum 100 yards in this game, potentially a touchdown. Rodgers is going to trust Adams every third down like he has all season. I mean, we make fun of the Packers over there nobody else besides Devonta Adams, but 
they still scored 32 points on the Rams. I mean, Lazard and MVS are not good receivers, but they have been getting the job done to their credit. And Robert Tunyon and their three running their three running back trio of AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams. I mean, this Packers offense is better than people think, honestly. And I think it's going to continue, and they're going to put up a lot of points against this Tampa team. Yeah, it's clearly their strength. Uh, that's why I think it's going to be such back and forth scoring. I don't think either team is going to be able to stop one another. You know, these two, the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks are going to have to. It's going to be a performance between them. You know, Rodgers, I think people would agree, is clearly better this season. He's probably going to win MVP. Uh, he's at home. So everything is kind of lining up for him to be able to win this game. It just you really it's hard to doubt Brady in big spots. Uh, like you said, the LeBron effect from him, that can't be understated in the NFL. You know, yeah. in the NBA, LeBron, it's impressive enough the, what he does, but in the NFL, there's so many players. We talked about how we ranked our quarterbacks, our top five quarterbacks and everything in the last show. We were just talking a lot about how much of a team sport football really is. And the fact that Tom Brady can come in and lead this team to the postseason, lead it to an NFC championship is incredibly impressive. So he his talent obviously not understated on the road. Things are stacked up against him, but when his back's against the wall, uh, he maybe is at his best as we've seen him in multiple games this season and you know throughout his career. Twenty eight to three, of course, all that. So yeah, when when things are stacked up against Brady, it's hard to bet against him. Yeah, it definitely is. It wouldn't shock me if he won this game, but I really don't want to see him in the Super Bowl. The Bucks are sort of like that hypeiest team. They have Gronk. They have AB. They have some washed players and they have Mike Evans and Godwin. I I just I don't know. I don't I don't want that. I, I want a team to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium, but I don't want it to be a Tom a Tom Brady led team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. I, they're they are the annoying hypeiest team. Like Gronk is not a, a good player anymore. AB has been really quiet uh, since going there, which is to his benefit. So. I guess I'll take that, but yeah, Brady. Just like LeBron figured the Kyrie. Kyrie was silent for years, and now we see him being a baby in other uh, locations. So yeah, Brady literally is LeBron the NFL. He keeps <laughs> everything behind closed doors, and he just finds ways to win. And Brady's been more lucky than LeBron if you want to compare compare their careers. I mean, Brady's gotten a lot of breaks. He leaves the Pats now, and just he joins the Bucks, and they instantly they have a good team and. The Patriots were a mess this year. I don't even know if they would have made the playoffs today. It's Tom Brady at their quarterback position. He joins them. Then Gronk comes out of retirement. Then AB comes. The Buccaneers defense gets better. He's just ran hot for 20 years, Tom Brady has. And when will it come to an end? I don't know. He could make the Super Bowl this year. And he also has next year to make the Super Bowl too because he's on a two-year deal in Tampa. Yeah, and who I feel like it's just going to be this. Like If we keep comparing him to LeBron, it, it's probably not going to be He's probably going to be in it every year until he just retires and just walks off. I mean, that's LeBron? probably. I think both of them. That obviously Brady. I hope is the Lakers don't make it. Than LeBron, but I just I have this feeling somehow that both of them, they're just going to win the chip and walk off. Like that's just going to be the last thing they ever do. Is LeBron going to win the chip this year then and walk off? He's a well, chance. I don't know. To he has to face the the most talented big three of all time. So if he okay, if he does that. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard for us to not call him the goat after. Do you think LeBron? Where do we put him, honestly, all the time? If he three peats at the Lakers, do we put him? If he three peats, is he one B to Michael one Jordan's one A? You no, think he's, he's number the best one player of all time? Yeah, probably. That's that's gonna be a hard thing to say. I don't know if M- MJ is not gonna agree with that. 
Okay, let's start with the next game. Bills and the Chiefs. 640 on CBS. I think, you know, I actually think NBC is hosting this year's Super Bowl. It's not Fox was the last year. CBS was the year before. So Al Michaels, he's not commenting any of these games, but I think he'll be there at the Super Bowl, I believe, which will be Wasn't pretty it cool. CBS this year? I thought we were hyping up a Romo Super Bowl this year. No, that was he commented the Rams Patriots. I'm pretty sure it's NBC because the Fox was last year, so it's, it has to be NBC this year. And the, the last time NBC commented the Super Bowl, it was a Tom Brady Super Bowl. It was the Eagles with Nick Foles. That was the last time Michaels is in the booth for Super Bowl. Okay, so anyways, this is gonna be on CBS 640. Uh, I Mahomes is was gonna actually be on full, CBS or NBC? Which one? The Super Bowl. The Super yeah. Bowl. It's NBC. I'm not talking about the game. Okay, you said the, like the Chiefs. You said CBS. On, Chiefs and Bills are on. No, that's on CBS. <laughs> okay, I'm confused. Sorry. The Super Bowl's on NBC. The AFC Championship game is on CBS, like always. Okay, got it. And, and hopefully CBS doesn't break for the first couple drives, like it did for most people, at least in our area. Yeah, that I I didn't see the first BS. drive of the game. A Verizon failed. Yeah, I tweeted Optimum out. Failed. I tweeted it on on the BFS Twitter, we needed Nickeldonian because that would have been another option to watch the game if CBS died. Nickeldonian. CBS died a little bit. And anyways, Mahomes was actually a full participant in practice, I think, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so I don't really know what's happening with him. Is he really concussed? He might be. He looks like if he's practicing, he's going to play and probably be fine. I don't know what percentage health-wise he'll be at. But he should be pretty good to go. I, I think by Sunday, we were talking about on Tuesday, there's no way he won't play. And it, it looks like it's trending that way. He is going to play in this game, which kind of changes the whole landscape of things if we thought the Bills would win. But I still think it's going to be a great game. I mean, the Chiefs' cornerbacks are not good. And the Ravens, they pretty good cornerbacks. And Diggs still had 100 yards on them. So I just think there's no way the Chiefs are going to be able to stop the Allen to Diggs connection all game. Yeah, it's going to be really hard for the Chiefs to win if Mahomes isn't 100%. You know, he's he's dealing with basically two injuries. He's dealing with the concussion or the uh, you know, the apparent concussion. I guess technically he doesn't really have one or the phony concussion that diagnosis. Yeah, they're keeping that diagnosis pretty uh close to the chest cuz I don't know, I guess they if they say concussion, he's done. So, they got to just I don't know, deal with it day by day. He's act he's practicing limited capacity. This article says from yesterday, he remains in concussion protocol. Andy Reid says he's done well up until this point. Uh, no, yeah, he was listed as a full participant when they initially released their practice report, but then they revised it to limited. So <laughs> I don't know. They haven't officially confirmed me as a concussion or not. Fishy situation. They do practice today and Friday. So or this will be up Friday. So Thursday and Friday, they will practice. He's all, he also is dealing with a foot injury too. I think he got like, I didn't even know that. Turf toe or something during the game. So how bad is that an injury? I don't, I've never gotten turf toe. What's that like? I never got, I've never gotten a concussion either, but I don't even know what it is specifically. We're turf here to toe, educate ourselves. The, the turf toe is a sprain. Ooh, of that looks gross. Big toe. It happens when the toe is forcibly bent into a hyperextension. Okay, yeah, so he's done yeah. with that. So he's done with his, his mobility is going to be handicapped, and if his brain is also handicapped, uh, the only thing stopping him from being a functional quarterback is his arm is fine. So I guess technically that may be the it most might not matter if thing. you have a laser. Yeah, so I don't know. If if he's not 
good to go or if he's not playing at 100%, it's going to be hard for we have to look for the Kansas Bills City to win. to win. They still escaped in Cleveland despite the Mahomes injury last game, but I don't know. Cleveland obviously not as good as Buffalo. Kansas City already had a built-in lead. All they needed to do was just run the yeah. clock and maintain it, and they were able to if do the that game, successfully. So. If it was Henny against Baker from the whole game, the game is 0-0. I'm, I'm going to assume the Browns would win. And if Henny is starting quarterback and the score is 0-0, obviously, against the Bills at the start, the Bills are going to win. Henny is okay, but he's going to make some bad picks. The Bills' defense is better than Cleveland, I would say. Tredavious White, he's going to be on Tyreek Hill most of the game. Doesn't mean Tyreek can't have a good game, but it's going to be uh, hard to force-feed him targets. Bill's defense the one is difference solid. I think coming into this game is that Henny's going to have a week to prepare and like be much That's more true. ready to to be starting and to really study the game plan and be it, like when you come into the game in the in the fourth quarter or the end of the third or wherever it was, like you're just coming in there. The situation is everything's already all mixed up. You know, it's not a fresh game where they can change their game plan. They could be ready for a Chad Henney led offense because that's not the same as a Patrick Mahomes led offense. So I think uh, with the preparation, Andy Reid, obviously one of the better coaches in the NFL, you know, he's going to be able to prepare his guy for, for the situation. And if Henny is there, yeah, I'll probably still think the bills are going to win uh, this team. Obviously the chiefs largely reliant on Mahomes being amazing, but I don't know. Could the Chiefs squeak it out and sort of just finesse a win if things go their way? Yeah, I don't think it's impossible for them to win. If they force Josh Allen to make some poor decisions, they do have a chance. Uh, the Chief, I mean, the Chiefs' weakness is running the is run defense, and the Bills don't even run the ball well. So maybe this is actually a good matchup for the Chiefs' defense. But yeah, if the Bills make the Super Bowl, that'll be their fifth Super Bowl appearance in their own four since they went to four straight and lost. Uh, would they be able to actually beat the Green Bay Packers or Buccaneers if they made it? We would we would be rooting for them because they haven't won. Yeah, they what, they might they're on, not better, than, but they're not better than the Packers. I don't think. What chance do we give the Bills to beat the Chiefs if Mahomes is fully fully healthy? Do we give them any chance? Uh, yeah, I'd say thirty five percent, forty percent. Okay, okay. If Mom's does if it's Henny, I'm gonna give the Bills a seventy percent chance to win. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's it, it much like the other game, it should be pretty high scoring. I mean, I guess if Henny is playing, uh, they'll try and slow it down, and maybe Buffalo will have to sort of try and change the pace to to favor them. But like you said, they don't run the ball particularly well, so they're just gonna have to get things done through the air and and dominate. All right. Well, final predictions in the game. Let's say Mahomes plays. Are the Chiefs moving on to face the Packers? Who you think is it going to be Chiefs Packers the chalk matchup? Well, that's the two one seeds, and and that's what it probably would come down to with a healthy Mahomes. But if we're gonna just assume he's gonna be banged up, whether he plays or not, Buffalo they've been on fire. It kind of just feels like it's their magic year to win. The Chiefs they went to the Super Bowl last year, so. Coming into this season, I mean, we know how hard it is to go to back-to-back Super Bowls in the NFL. I'll pick the Bills regardless of quarterback and say that they okay. will go. So I think it's going to be Bills-Packers, I guess. That's my that's my pick. I'm agree with you. Bills-Packers then, oh, for the same reasons you just laid out. And I hope the Bills beat the Packers and win their first Super Bowl. Yeah, obviously. They need to so do it. I. They need to do it. 
Rodgers only has one, but Josh Allen, Bills never won a Super Bowl. We need Bills Mafia to be excited. All right, moving on. Some more dramatic NFL news. You know, the offseason, we're, we're not even there yet, and, and things are, are going down. Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, probably a top-five quarterback, wants out. We all know this, but the, the question pretty much remains, where is he going to end up? Because it seems inevitable that he will no longer be on the Texans next season. And it's looking like signs right now at this moment are pointing towards the Jets, which would be a, a, a miracle for Jets turn, fans. A very bizarre turn of events based on how the season went. Obviously, the whole year it was planned that they were going to have the number one pick and take Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, that did not pan out. Now they have the number two pick. Things are left up in the air, whether they're going to take Justin Fields, whether they're going to keep Sam Darnold, uh, or I guess whether they go after a quarterback by some other means, which would be this option. So, no, how, how do you feel about this? The Jets trading for Watson instead of maybe making the economical decision when it comes to not only their cap space, but with their assets, draft picks, it's going to cost them just uh, one of the biggest hauls probably of all time to get a player like Watson. So what do you, what direction do you think they should go in with this? Jets will be a clown show organization if they make an offer at least and try to get him. It'd be like, I mean, because Watson, he's probably a top five quarterback in this league. I, I think we both can agree on that. He led the league in pass yards this year. And those players don't come around that often. The NFL, especially with quarterbacks, always tied up forever. This is a really, really, a really talented player. And if you have a chance to go get him, you really should make an offer. Just like Kevin Durant doesn't come around for agency often. And the Knicks didn't even give him an offer. Just why they're a clown show. But Julius Randle... <laughs> I'd be saving Dolan's bacon. What? <laughs> when that offseason? Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the consolation prize is uh, Julius, Julius Randle playing well above his contract. So what's the Jets' consolation prize if they don't get Watson? Do they, is it just Justin Fields or or Sam Darnold yeah. being good? I, I guess that would be the consolation prize. I guess Justin Fields is the consolation. Now, originally thinking about this, I don't know. We talked about. Watson going to Miami and sort of like a hypothetical and that's still on the table. They're still in the running. I think, yeah. I think if you're Miami, you do whatever you can to get Watson because the future... Yeah, don't let the Jets you, get him. You're already a 10-6 and six team. The Jets are a team in your division. They're competing for receiving Watson. You're already much better than them. The future, you don't really have to set up as much if you're the Dolphins. Yeah, you don't. You already have talent. You already have a known coach that you like and that obviously has been successful already. So Watson, the quarterback, it's kind of just like the final piece. They, they were dealing with Fitzpatrick all year, uh, last year too. Like Tua coming off injury this season wasn't very good. You know, he's kind of up in the air after one year. So the quarterback is their biggest question mark. Getting Watson answers that question if you're the Dolphins. Now with the Jets, they're starting at, you know, level zero. Like they have nothing. They have a, it's basically, it's like Salah, you don't even know if he's a good coach. I mean, everybody assumes it. But you're only going to know after he actually does it. And then it's like Makai Becton, and that's it. Like, that's that's the assets you're working with. Now, yeah. what they do have that benefits them is they have a lot of cap space, so they can bring in a lot of free agents if they, if they want to and be aggressive there, and obviously a lot of draft picks. So when you have uh, every first-round pick for the next couple of years, and obviously they have a million seconds, and then they have two firsts this year, like that gives you a lot of options to bring in starters. So when you now when you go after Watson, which in this scenario, 
you would be losing all your cab space, basically, or a significant portion of it. And you would be losing, let's say, three, four, maybe even five first round or, se- or include second round draft picks. So that, yeah, you're going to get one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league, but what what is he doing with your roster that's completely barren with no talent? Like, I mean, he can do enough, but is it going to be yeah. enough to get you into well, the postseason? The good thing with the Jets, they have two firsts this year and next year, so they don't have to give up all four of those away. They can give up two of their own firsts and uh, this year or another first, you know. Uh, you know, I'm surprised the other teams aren't interested in Watson. I mean, there probably are, but there hasn't been leaked rumors or anything about it. You know, why don't the Giants make a trade for Watson and make a scenario? Because they're in the same – they've they're further along than the Jets. I think we could say their defense is good. Daniel Jones is not the answer. I think we've I think we've come into known him. He's not very good, just like Sam Darnold. So why don't the Giants – I know they don't have the second overall pick to trade. Whether they, I don't know what pick they have exactly have. It's probably like the eighth pick, nine, seven. It's something in that range. So why don't they? Why don't they try to trade three firsts or something for Watson? And then, because they're in the NFC least, I would assume with if the Giants with Joe Judge and their defense in year two, just adding Deshaun Watson, I'm like gonna assume they could win eight or nine games and make the playoffs. I'm surprised that they've not thought about that on the table. But then again, I don't know their cap situation. I'm just throwing out this idea. What do you think of it? I think if you're the Giants, it's a good idea, but. Uh, I don't think they can outbid a team like the Jets when they have the no, second yeah. overall pick they already. Can, they they already have outbid. more firsts. Like I just, I, I just think if Houston's going to pick a team, they're just going to pick the best haul they can get. Now that being said, the Giants are in the NFC, so that does benefit them to get to get yeah, Watson out of their conference. So if you think about it that way, uh, that would help them out. But I, I do think the Jets probably can offer the most. And I think if you're Houston, you just trade him to the Jets because they're the worst team. So it's not like he's going to go to Miami and, and make them godly next year. Like he, he he's going to go to a team that still needs to figure out how to build itself without any assets. Is do the Jets really have the best offer? I know the set. It's basically pick your poison between the second and third overall pick if you're receiving that pick in this year's draft. Is it really that much of a difference? I mean, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Let's say the Texans get the third pick. I mean, Jets may not take a quarterback. I mean, they could finesse. They could take one, but Dolphins still get the Texans would still have Tua, and they could draft what Zach Wilson, a tackle. They could draft whatever they want there at three. Is is it really a big drop off from two to three this year? I don't know. It doesn't seem that big of a drop off. It just seems like a big drop off from one and two is what we clearly have seen. Their offers could be very similar, but I mean, if you're the Jets, you gotta you gotta pick up the phone and get them before the Dolphins get them because you are screwed. You don't know if what Sam Darnold is. You have a rookie head coach. You gotta get a talented player. You gotta get the quarterback because then you have the quarterback uh, hierarchy over the Dolphins, and maybe Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen too. So you're you'll be in good shape for the next couple of years with Deshaun Watson. I think probably what it comes down to is if Houston believes in Tua or not, because basically... Yeah, I think that's what matters because they they still could draft a quarterback with the third pick and have them compete. Right, but, I mean, but I don't know if they would waste that. I don't know, maybe if they don't want to waste that. Who knows? If they feel like Tua can be their answer after getting rid of Watson and they have the third pick, I mean, that, that gives them a lot of options when it comes to what they're going to do because they don't need to, to spend their, their pick on a quarterback. If you're Train them with the Jets, and you get the second pick. 
they basically have to take Justin Fields there, no doubt. Uh, I think they just have to do that immediately. So the Texans yeah. like if you like two or more than Fields and you, you still get the third pick anyway, yeah. then I think you have to go to Miami. But if you don't really care about Tua, you think he's bad, whatever, trade trade Watson to the Jets and get all their picks and get the second pick and take a QB. I think that's what they should think about. Yeah, they're going to definitely look at me looking at it. They think Tua is actually better than any of these quarterbacks that could draft. Watson has a lot of leverage in this situation because he has a no-trade clause. He can essentially choose where he wants to go if it's Miami or the Jets he, he was seeing New York on his story the, uh, the other day he's liking New York post tweets or, and articles on Watson being a Jet is he hinting he wants to go there I don't know okay wait let me ask you this okay why like every athlete trolls and does that <laughs> why would he want to go to the Jets like, can we just ask that question? Maybe he wants to be in New York. I mean, why James Harden want to go to Brooklyn? Well, because they already had KD and Kyrie. That's why. Yeah, I know. I the, Jets, know but... the Jets have like the anti-talent. They have nothing. Maybe he wants to be in New York. Maybe he doesn't want to be in Miami. I don't know. Why don't, why don't we ask him that? Well, you want to you want to hit him up and ask him to come on the show? Or he's just trolling. Or maybe he's he's trolling the I mean, He uh, could Jets. be trolling. I'm just thinking like... I'm, 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 I would want to go to Miami because you can make the Super Bowl if you're the quarterback with all those great players on the team. Yeah, Miami is not exactly a small market. I mean, they're a historic franchise. They it's it's freaking Miami in Florida. Like, I mean, I yeah, I don't you know. can hang out with Jimmy Butler. I just think the narrative of athletes want to go to New York. I don't know. That just as somebody from the area, it's that dead and thing. A fan of New York teams, well, it just feels kind of dead. I mean, we experience it all the time. It just it doesn't feel like players. Come to New York for the sake of coming to New York. Well, that's what KD and Kyrie did. But they went to the other. It's like that barely even counts. It's still new. It it's still New York technically. I know, but it's baseball not. players want to come to the Yankees and Mets. I mean, Lindor's excited to be a Met. People want to stay with the Mets and Yankees. I guess, but baseball is such a regional sport. Julius Randall. Ju- Julius Randall wants to be a Met Who forever. Cares? He's amazing. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking why, like coming to New York is one thing, but the Jets, but, they but literally were, has all the leverage. The Jets because... were abysmal. They had a clown show coach. They have no talent. They're, they treated well, Sam now they don't horribly. have a clown show coach. So why would he want to come to the Jets where he knows that when he goes there, they're going to be giving up everything that could be potentially useful he for hates him Houston. to go there when you have other options. Well, he oh, just because go he anywhere. Likes... oh, he actually. He actually likes Robert Sala. He wanted the Texans to interview him in Biennium, and they just didn't do that. So maybe he believes in Sala, and he believes in what the Jets have. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know. If Robert Sala entices Watson to go to the Jets, then he did better than it's like he did better than David Fisdale in one second. <laughs> Fisdale's entire yeah, he point did do better was than... to come and entice good players, and Robert Sala unintentionally did it in one minute. That would just be. A failure by by physical. All right, I have a question to ask you. Do you think he gets traded before the NFL draft? Um, are the Texans going to let him rot yeah. for a while because they can't take time? He's a time bomb ticking. Because if you let him rot, I mean, he's just going to eventually just leave, and you get nothing for him. So you got to. They probably have to train before the draft to get the best offer. When's the NFL draft? So May. So it's, they have three it's scary months for, to to do something it's, about it. It's the it. last week of April. It's like the last weekend of April. Okay, well, 
Yeah. They have to think about this. I think and they... Miami has to think about if they like Tua because Flores says he likes Tua, but all their Dolphins players don't like Tua. I think they want to control it's, it's, their it's draft. Mess. And if the, they trade him to the Jets and they have two first-round picks, you're going to want to be the team that actually makes those selections. I mean, obviously, they could have the Jets pick the players for them and just trade them after, which would be pointless. But, yeah, I don't see why he just... No, I don't think... I don't see uh, why they wait. I don't think the Jets would give up both their first this year. I think they give up one of the the second overall pick and then two of their own picks in the upcoming years. I think the Texans would demand year. that to happen, and they would say, "Look, if you want, yeah, this guy, if I were the Texans, we're just going to yeah. Trade if him I Miami. were the Texans, I would demand it. Yeah, I would demand it if I were the Texans. But Texans have been a very stupid organization for what we've seen with their trading. Yeah, they're Bill O'Brien was there. Mode. Imagine if he just traded Watson away for one, for like one or two firsts. <laughs> He's giving away. He's now actually the offensive coordinator for the for Alabama. So Nick Saban clearly thinks he's a good, a good coach, but well, he could still be a decent coach and be a terrible GM. Yeah, but how do you even do that? Not even like we would make that trade, Hopkins for David Johnson. Like I don't think anyone in the world would have made that trade. I don't know. Maybe he really is just an idiot. Like I, I, I don't, I can't think of a reason why. I can't either. The Steelers are ruled out trading for Watson because they signed Dwayne Haskins today. Yeah, we could talk about that. I mean, <laughs> Big Ben. I I kind of expected Haskins to make a team. We we lightly touched on it after he got released, and you said there's no way he'd have a job next year. I wasn't so sure about that. I mean, he's only a two-year well, player. Well, he'll be a backup. Is that really a job? He won't be starting a game unless Big Ben gets hurt. Right, and one of the possibilities that Big Ben gets hurt, like 60%. So, well, Haskins is going to play at That's some true. point. Yeah, Chris is uh, he's scared of Haskins playing quarterback next year. He, he said he hates him, but now he says maybe I'll have to be a Haskins truther when he takes snaps. <laughs> I don't know. His career is probably not dead yet. He's just... He needs a Brady to make sure he yeah, doesn't maybe. do dumb shit, and maybe Ben could be that for him. <laughs> but Big Ben does dumb shit too. That's, he, yeah, he sexually that's, assaults people. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would really do anything. <laughs> but, I don't know. Tomlin, Tomlin is that yeah. guy. Tomlin is the one that that's true. Doesn't Tomlin, care about any nonsense. Tomlin hides everything. Yeah, Tomlin and Belichick. All right. Well, the Colts' offensive coordinator, left Frank Reich, is now the Eagles' coach. So good for them. They hired a coach after Doug Peterson left. And we're going to see a full season of Jalen Hurts healthy and or health, playing in Jalen Ragor, who they drafted over Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Yikes. An all-time draft miss by the Eagles. Just like an all-time miss where they drafted Arcega Whiteside one pick ahead of Metcalf. <laughs> They've been getting dunked on by the receivers taken right after that. Yeah, they're idiots so They need too, to get their act together. They just try, they do have, they try and make the cute selection. Like, it, it was pretty obvious that DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson were going to be talented NFL players. I don't know if I don't know if people expected them to be yeah. this good this early, but I don't think anybody Maybe expected they, them to be worse than the people they actually took instead. Yeah, I don't know. When you look at DK and his athleticism, I guess they just didn't care about his monster body and didn't think he'd be <laughs> fast and good. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But the, nevertheless, the Eagles have the sixth pick in the draft. Thanks to Doug Peterson, he sacrificed. He was the soul stone. He sacrificed for them to get a good receiver before <laughs> yeah, he to left go up three, for Jalen Hurts. To go three draft spots to get go from Because that is a difference. Six. Because Devontae Smith probably would be gone before nine if... I mean, I know receivers aren't taken that high that much anymore, but you would think one team loves him that much and he just did win the Heisman and it was a game-changing player in college. You would think a team would take him before the 10th pick. 
it's not crazy to think that. So maybe they can grab Smith or Jamar Chase sixth. They need that because Rhaegar, I mean, he's okay. I mean, we've seen one season of him. He could still be good. But the big question is, what do the Eagles do at quarterback? Because they got their coach now. Is Wentz going to be traded? We don't know yet. Are they going to stick with Hertz, who played well at the end of last year? But it could, it could be fool's gold. We don't know. Apparently, the Eagles owner... The Eagles have a tough off station to make. Apparently, the Eagles owner is like addicted to Carson Wentz. I think he's like amazing and thinks he's like... So the best quarterback ever. Then what they're gonna, are they going to trade Jalen or get some picks for him? I don't know. Somebody What's, somebody's what, going to have to convince the Eagles owner to think that Wentz is worse than he is. What if, what if the Jets traded their twenty third pick for Jalen Hurts? That's to be their quarterback. I don't think they would trade him for that. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, moving on from football, George Springer. He chose the Blue Jays over the Mets, and I'm not mad at all. Will I mean? We got Lindor this offseason. I'm satisfied. And I've been hearing that if the Mets actually paid up and signed Springer, they would not be able to get another reliever, which they would like to have. And they wouldn't, it would be hard to extend Lindor and Conforto this upcoming season long term. So I'm completely fine with that. And Lindor, I think we could both say is a much better player than George Springer. And it's worth it signing him for five years rather than having George Springer there too. So it's funny. I see tweets. I see a bunch of tweets how like, oh, this is the same old Mets. They didn't go and sign someone big. They didn't sign Springer. Like everyone just already forgot that they got they traded for Lindor and are gonna sign for three hundred million soon. It just it's just Mets fans are never satisfied. Just like Yankee fans. Yeah, fans are emotional. They're not gonna always think things through uh, year by year. And you know, if they sign Springer, then next year we're like, well. We're not going to sign Lindor long term because we don't want to spend the money. Everybody would be freaking out about that too. So, yeah, they obviously did a, a smart thing by giving not paying up for Springer. The Yankees, I mean, they paid DJ LeMahieu a six-year deal, just like the Blue Jays paid George Springer. And the Yankees, I mean, it's only ninety million over the course of that deal, which was already a, a bargain. Now this six-year, hundred fifty million dollar contract for Springer. It makes it even look even better because DJ LeMahieu honestly is probably a better player than George Springer, at least of recently. And you know, he's more valuable as a as an infielder, being able to play all those different positions. Uh, and now he's just on he's getting 10 million less per year. I think that just is a fantastic deal for him when you look at somebody like Springer who got paid 150 million. Now from the Mets angle, I mean them not going after Springer. I agree. I think you're right in terms of everything you said. Although I don't like the hypocrisy because Met fans up until Springer signed with a different team were getting hyped to sign him. And they were like, oh, you know, we got Lindor already. We're going to go out and get somebody else and get an outfielder to fix the one problem that we have uh, when it comes to our lineup, which is a center fielder. And now that he didn't sign, and I, even though I agree with all the Met fans' logic that it was probably smart that they didn't give up this big contract, they were hyping up signing him all this whole time, and now they, I was, they missed. But and now you yeah, think it's greedy. a good deal to not do it. So it's fine. Well, because I didn't. Okay, I was hyping signing because I didn't know how much money they had and how close they were to the luxury tax. I don't think Cohen's going to go that much over, at least in this first season. Everybody's saying so, and you know the Mets still still could use in their bullpen arm like Brad Hand. I think that'd be an ideal signing. Sandy Alderson, the team president, has been looking at him closely. He hasn't been signed yet. So 
And you know what center field they give Nemo play there. They're interested in Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, he's he's an okay player. I mean, he's a really good defender, good defender and a decent yeah. hitter. So so if they sign him for center field and get Brad Hand, I think that would complete all Mets fans' wish list for the season. It's sort of a, it's sort of a two for one. Springer's great, but adding that extra bullpen arm that would the Mets have struggled in the pen recently, that would really help. Because then they have a lethal bullpen of Brad Hand as the closer. Diaz is the setup. They would have Trevor May and Lugo there with uh, Familia, who was pretty decent last season. So I think that'd be a bullpen almost as good as the Yankees, I think, at that point, if they were able to actually get Hand, who's one of the better closers in baseball. I just think you got to get used to it. You know, you were hyping up the, uh, obviously, Steve Cohen, big, rich guy, getting in all these star players. And, <laughs> and, now, and now you missed on a star player, but actually it seems like it's a pretty smart thing to do. So I think... I think a lot of Mets fans need to learn from this situation. Yankee fans, I mean, we know them. The people that want the star player at every position every year. They want to, Gary Sanchez has a bad year. Okay, let's go get Real Muto and like just bring in every star player. If you're a smart person and you don't even have to be a diehard fan or pay attention to the team that much, but if you're just smart and you understand the way sports works, you know that they're not just going to go get an all-star team every year and they're going to you know, make long-term decisions above just putting together a Brooklyn Nets big three every second they get they every chance they get and they, they didn't they you know they didn't get Real Muto they brought back Sanchez they did smarter things to not shell out 20 million dollars a year for every position so yeah Met fans they're in that boat now they got to realize that you're not going to get the best player every single time you want them and sometimes it works out so I think it's smart that they didn't go get Springer for that money uh, they have more options now in terms of next season and right now uh, in terms of people they want to sign. So, yeah, just get used to it. Don't be don't be hip- hypocrites hyping up. I'm not complaining. I and then not getting him. I'm being I can't fine believe people are complaining because Steve Cohen, his first month as the owner, he fires Brody. He brings in his own his own staff, and then he they pull off a robbery trade for Lindor and Carrasco. I mean. I can't complain. I mean, he made our team a lot better, and and the, it looks like they're going to go after a few more players to finish the, put the cherry on top for the season. And Jared Porter, they said, uh, obviously, we all know what happened with that incident. They're not going to sign a new GM anytime soon. They said Sandy Alderson was the one really making all the moves, anyways. Who's the team president? So he just said he'll be making all the baseball moves. So they don't really need a GM at this point. Yeah. Just a, another note. Good for good for the Mets. Steve Cohen went on Twitter and said uh, no tolerance for any of that uh, BS. So they got that dude out of there quickly. And uh, yeah, it seems like they continue to make all the right choices. Okay, well, I brought up the Brooklyn Nets big three just now. We could talk about them briefly here at the end. They debuted yesterday or I guess two days ago and they lost in double overtime. 147 to 135. I mean, I can't even as a, a younger NBA fan, not really watching 90s basketball. I can't believe that teams are scoring 150 points in, in games, even if it goes in double overtime. That just feels like like too much scoring. But the cat, uh, the Cavs, they win by 12. Kyrie, KD, the big big three all had over 20. You know, K- Kyrie and KD had 37, 38. Uh, but it just wasn't enough to to tackle Colin Sexton, who had a career high forty two. He just slayed them in overtime. I, I Justin put out a tweet. He said, uh, "Check on Colin Sexton because he's unconscious." 
and he really just couldn't miss him downtown. <laughs> He's on my fantasy team, so shout out to me. I took him 80th overall. Um, so that that's definitely a steal. And I took bad players before 80th <laughs> overall. <laughs> yeah, see, you got to make fun of me for football. Now it's my turn in fantasy basketball to uh to give it back. But yeah, the Nets, I mean, they debuted. It was a high scoring game, but they got outscored, not being able to stop anybody, and they lost. Jared Allen at 12 and 11 against his former team Prince at 17 and 7. Uh yeah, I liked I like Torian Prince. He played well. I they Sexton scored 20 straight points in overtime. Like he he went ham. He was pretty much 1v3 in KD, Kyrie, and Harden and beat them. <laughs> Which <laughs> Kid Harden had a triple double. Kyrie thirty seven. I don't know why Kyrie is taking more shots than Harden. They're gonna have to figure that out because he's Katie a thirty eight and he's a dribbler. Hart, you know, so Harden isn't a dribbler, but we've seen him. he only holds the ball the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I hate on Harden for like, dribbling. How are they gonna figure anyone, this out? But Harden at least has the ability to get assists. Uh, Kyrie, maybe he just yeah, doesn't. He's, he passes a lot more than yeah, Harden passes a lot more than Kyrie probably does. He had, he's gone 10 assists each of the last two games. But uh, giving up 147 to the Cavs, that's pretty awful. The Knicks gave up like 95 points to the Cavs. How do you give up 147 points and expect to win a basketball game? This isn't the all-star game. This is a real NBA game. So the Nets got to figure that out. Uh, they, they need another center desperately. I mean, honestly, how much better does this Harden really make this team? Like, I... They don't really need Harden to beat. I mean, maybe they do need Harden to beat the Cavs, but they didn't even win. So they beat the Bucks by two without Kyrie. So maybe you should have given up Kyrie and kept Levert, maybe some of those players to get Harden, Harden, KD. Because the basketball can only go to so many people. I, I don't know. That's probably we'll figure out how to work, make work, make this work, and win a lot of games. Yeah, and I don't want to overreact this for one game, obviously. But the Cavs, I mean, they're just not a good team, and they lost. Uh, the Nets, I mean, when you're a championship contender, it's hard to go out there and lose in your debut. You know, all eyes are on you, and you lose to a team that really you should should not be competing with you. So that's I think why people care. That's why people are talking about it. If they lost to the Lakers in double OT, you know, it would just be. It would be fascinating. It'd be two of the best teams in the NBA going at it, and they just they lose in a competitive game. But because it was the Cavs, because they let Sexton one v three them and win, uh, that's probably why it's a story. And, and yeah, they're gonna figure it out. I, I don't think this team will go, you know, ten or fifteen games just having no idea what they're doing. Like when you're talented and you have all these players, like they're gonna figure out how to distribute and how to even out the scoring. Maybe they learn after 10 games that Harden has to be the second best scorer and second ball handler next to Durant. And that's just how it has to be. And Kyrie's going to have to buy into that and and deal with that. So they're going to have to figure out that relationship as it goes on. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's just going to be how long and and if this trio is able to work together, which they probably can, but I don't know. It's not a surefire thing, I guess, at this point. I mean, I, I guess Harden can play off the ball better than Kyrie. And also, a big question is who's going to take the last shot half the time? Is it going to be KD or Kyrie? They're definitely more clutch than Harden, but Harden might want to take the last shot. <laughs> I know in overtime, I think Harden or Durant missed the last shot. In regulation, Harden missed it. So I guess they're all going to try taking their turns to see who's going to hit the last shot. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 61, 11 episodes after episode 50. 
this time, not 10. Like I don't know why time. you're going to keep saying that. <laughs> I don't know. That was just a thing. Um, but that is it. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple. You can follow us on Instagram at the Bonafide Scrubs, on Twitter at Bonafide Scrubs. Do it, please. Um, yeah. Five star reviews. That's it. We're at 129. Let's get to 130. Yeah, all we need is one person to do it. I mean, come on. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah, one of you guys, please do it. All right. Bye. Peace.